Uh, hey, how good is that video? Oh. You haven't heard me yet. You may want to save that. Well, my name is Ben, as Tony said, and I'm one of the pastors here on staff. And, and let me say right off the bat that this kind of feels like a blind date, doesn't it? I mean, you don't know me, and I don't know you, and so we're going to change that. But I thought, uh, just to let you know what my prayer has been this week, and this will show you the depth of my, my spirituality here. Uh, my prayer this week has been that this feels more like a third date, right? That deep, I know. Uh, but, but remember that third date, a little bit less awkward, less nervous laughter, and more connection. So I'm hoping that's what we have this morning. So what I thought I'd do to kick us off is I, I would share a little bit of my story. Uh, now, uh, maybe my story is a little bit like your story. Uh, my family did the Easter and Christmas uh, church thing. We attended First United Methodist in Marion. And, uh, but beyond Christmas and Easter, I don't really remember going to church. Uh, but when uh, eighth grade rolled around, our church got a new pastor and my my parents decided that we needed to start going to church more, and so we did. And, and I'll be honest, I didn't see any need for church. I didn't see any point in it. I didn't have any need for God in my life. I was, just, I was doing just fine on my own, and, and I, I really didn't see any purpose in it. Well, after our new pastor was there for a while, he started talking about this thing called summer games, a, a, camp for, a Christian camp for middle school and high school students. And, and for some reason, my parents thought it would be a really great idea to send my sister and I to this camp for a week, and, and I'll be honest, I think they just wanted us out of the house for a week. Um, parents, you know what that's like. Uh, you just want your kids gone, and so you send them to a camp, right? Well, it was during that week that I heard Jesus talked about in ways that I could actually understand, and saw that what he said and, and how he called us to live had relevance in my life, and so at the age of 14, I gave my life to Christ, and, and that relationship um, had changed everything for me. Uh, in, in 1996, I graduated from high school and headed off to Central College. Really, I was expecting some cheers there. For, I know there's some Central people out there, so I just paused for effect right there, but that's okay. After college, uh, I was a youth pastor uh, at a Methodist church in Newton uh, for a few years. Uh, from there, I went on to Asbury Theological Seminary uh, in Kentucky, where I met my wife, uh, Stephanie. Uh, she was getting her master's in counseling. Uh, here's a, a picture of our family. Now, I know what you're thinking. How in the world did a guy like that get a girl like that to marry him? Well, here's a story. Um, and just so you know, there's two versions of how we ended up together. Uh, my version is that I, I wooed her, that I courted her, that I, I swept her off my feet with my charm, and with my, my romance, right? <clears throat> her version is that I stalked her, that I wore her down, and that I eventually grew on her. Now, whichever version you choose to believe, that's fine, but a year later we were married, so I feel like I won. Um, and we graduated a year after that and moved back to Iowa. Uh, we now have four high-energy, uh, big-hearted boys, uh, Grady, who's eight, Jace, who's six, Dax, who's four, and Siler, who's one. So our house is loud. Uh, there's lots of wrestling and cars and trucks and noises that only boys of any age really can appreciate. Um, playing in the dirt. It, it's fantastic. My wife needs your prayers, okay? Now, for some of you, some of you know this, uh, maybe you don't, but uh, Tony kind of alluded to it. I spent the last 10 years um, as a pastor in the United Methodist Church. And the last two at the United Methodist Church here in town. 
And you're probably asking yourself, well, Ben, how did you end up at, at City Point? And, and I'm glad you a- asked, because that's next in my notes. Um, but a little background, Tony and I uh, met about two years ago, and for the last two years have been building a really great friendship. Uh, so that's some need to know. Um, and, and here's how I ended up here. Back in February, God started really stirring in my heart, and it, it wasn't clear what he was stirring or what was going on. And so I started praying more than I'd ever prayed before, and I, I started uh, talking to trusted friends and pastors and and my family, trying to figure out what was God doing? What was this stirring in, in my heart all about? And, and in March, I started to believe that God was leading me out of the United Methodist Church. Not out of pastoring, just out of the United Methodist Church. Well, with that kind of bel- belief going on, my prayers intensified and my conversations intensified with friends and conversation between Stephanie and I uh, really intensified. And, and one of the sticking points for us became all around this idea of how we imagine church. What could church look like and what should it look like? And, and what type of a church did we want to raise our boys in? After a while, it became really clear that God was calling us to leave the United Methodist Church. Problem was, I didn't know what I was going to do next. Uh, God was clearly saying go, but it's as if he forgot the where in the go. But I knew that I had decided a long time ago, I'm going to trust God, and I'm just going to continue to follow where he says to go. And, and so the Sunday after Easter this year, I stood up in front of my church, and, and I said, I believe God is telling me to go. I don't know where yet. I, I don't know what I'm going to be doing for a job. I don't even know where my family and I are going to live because we lived in the, the, the house that the church provided for its pastor. Well, but what I knew is that God was calling me to go, and, and I've learned over the years that God can be trusted when he says go. Well, in the midst of all this, Tony and I started having some conversation and, and about me coming on board at City Point, and, and the more we talked, the more we got excited about that. And, and one of the reasons was is because I loved what you as a church are all about. I love that the mission of this church is to point people to Jesus. Another reason is I'd gotten to know Sam, our campus pastor, and Ryan, our creative arts pastor, and Eric, our student ministry coordinator, and I said, those are people I got to work with. They are so amazing at what they do. They are so incredibly uh, gifted and talented and and God-oriented. I have to work with these awesome people. So Stephanie and I uh, prayed and said, that's where we want to be. That's where we want our boys to be. And when I, I started uh, talking about and letting people know that this is where we were going to come and that I was going to work at City Point, they said, well, tell us about the services. What do you like about them? And I had to look at them, look at them and say, I have no idea. I've never even attended church there before. I said, I'm still pastoring and preaching every week at my church. I have no idea. But I knew this is where God wanted me to be and wanted my family to be, so Five weeks ago, I joined the staff here at City Point, and, and over the last five weeks, God has been just blowing my mind with what he's been doing. It's been absolutely incredible. Now, here's the reason I, I'm telling you that. It's because I want to share a couple of verses with you that have become really important over the last few months for my family and I. Uh, but before we jump into it, uh, there is a word that is going to kind of drive us into our conversation and launch this conversation that I think God wants us to have today. Uh, and the word that we're going to look at is this word right here, obey. Now, 
I know what you're thinking. That is a word that we really don't like to hear. And, and honestly, as adults, we kind of associate that with kids and pets, don't we? Right? Kids and pets. We teach our, our kids to obey. You know, don't go into the street and use your manners. And, and at least around my house, we have to tell our kids, don't sit on your brother's head. Right? I mean, that's, you never think you have to tell your kids that, but you do when you got four boys. And you want them to obey, right? And and then you have your, your pets, mainly dogs, but, you know, it's heel and sit and potty outside, not inside, and, and it's obey. And again, we oftentimes think that obey is just for our kids and for our pets, but not so much for us as adults. Now, we really do know that obeying isn't just for kids and pets. We know that. We know that obey is for us as well. I mean, we obey the speed limit, most of us. We obey the, the, at the grocery store, you know, no shirt, no shoes, no what? Service, there you go. See, we obey. When we hear those, we obey. We obey our bosses, and we obey the, the laws of the country. We obey. And, and if you're a Christian, if you're a person who's decided to follow Jesus, we believe there's another factor in, in obeying. And this shouldn't come as a surprise, but we believe that you're supposed to obey God as well. But what we do as adults, even Christians, is we try to, to push back. We don't like the term obey. Instead, we, we say things like, well, that's just what adults do, right? It's not obeying. That's just a part of growing up in, in life. It's not obeying. That's just what we're supposed to do in the workplace. And it's not obedience. That's for kids. And see, we kind of try to twist the word so it doesn't seem like obey applies to us. And here's the question. Why do we do that? Why do we as adults push against or dislike this idea of obeying so much? Well, I think it's pretty simple. If we don't push against obey, that there are rules and people, and especially a God, that if you're a, a Christian, that we're supposed to obey. If we don't fight against that, then we might have to face the truth and the reality that obey really does apply to us. And we don't like that very much. And basically, we don't like it for a lot of the same reasons. For some of us, we just don't like to be told what to do. And we are afraid that if we follow Jesus, if we surrender our lives to God, obey Him and His Word, then we're afraid that we're going to miss out. That we're going to miss out on life and miss out on good things and miss out on good people. And we don't want to miss out. Now, the other reason that we don't like obey, and there's lots of reasons, the other big reason we don't like obey, and this uh, applies to Christians, and really, if you're here today and you're just checking church out or you're coming back for the, for the first time after being gone for a long time, one of the reasons that has kept you away, and this is the other reason we don't like obey, is we don't like obey because we don't always know the outcome. As followers of God, when, when God tells us to, to go and do something or not to do something or we read in our Bibles that this is how we should live our lives, we don't know how it will turn out if we do those things. We don't know the consequences of our obedience. We don't know the end result. We don't know if there's repercussions to our obedience, and so we choose not to think about it. We choose to, to push against it and ultimately begin to resist obeying and we resist obedience to God because we don't know the outcome. And so today, as we are in week four of our series called Brave, and 
the question that Tony uh, asked in week one that has been really driving our conversation, and, and it's such a, a great question, is it, this question right here. Where do you find your brave? Where do you find your brave? Now, he, here's the thing that you need to know uh, about obeying as we get started. And this is the first point in, in your notes. Obeying is moving. Obeying is about movement. Movement, and you can add this in, into your notes, not in any direction, but movement in a certain direction, a specific direction, an intentional direction. Now, you probably figured this out already, uh, but for those of us who follow Jesus, obeying means moving in God's direction. Obeying is moving in God's direction to where He's leading us to go, to fulfill His purpose, to advance His kingdom. Not movement where I want to go, but where He wants me to go. Not where I desire, but what He desires for me, which is always so much better. It's always so much better than what I have for me. And, and this is the second point, obeying is brave. To use the word that we've been using the last few weeks, obeying is brave. And as we're going to discover, obeying is not, it's brave not because we know the results, Brave not because we know the outcome, but brave, and, and here's the, the, the bottom line and the next point in your notes, and, and I want you to know this up front. Brave is moving in God's direction, not because we know the, the outcome, uh, what it will be, but because we've determined in our hearts that we are going to be a people who, and this really goes against everything that culture teaches, everything that is in us, uh, but we're going to be a people who obey God, and leave the outcome up to Him. That we're simply going to obey God and leave the details, the outcome, the what-ifs up to Him. That we're going to obey God, move in His direction, find our brave in Him, live how He says to live, do the things that He says to do, avoid the things that He says to avoid, even if we feel like we're missing out. Even if moving in God's direction feels like we've lost something. Not because we, we know where or why or even how, but because obeying and letting God handle the details is what he's asked us to do. Letting God work out the details in us, through us, for others, and for us. Obey, obey God, and leave the outcome up to him. And let me say this, because some of you need to be reminded of this. Some of you, maybe this is the first time you're going to hear it. But what we're going to talk about today reminds us and lets us know that God has a purpose and a plan for your life and for my life. Now, to guide us along the way, we're going to look at the life, or a little piece of the life, of one of the most famous um, obeyers. He's kind of the preeminent uh, expert on brave. He's one of the... the, the Old Testament uh, front runners for obeying. After Noah and the flood, he's the guy who really kicked off this whole obedience movement. And he really brought it front and center. And his name is Abraham. And Abraham is a, a pretty famous guy. He's actually mentioned a lot in the Bible. And he turns up not just in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament as well. In fact, on several occasions, he's mentioned by Jesus. Now, the story of Abraham uh, comes at a time in history not too unlike our own, actually. And this is why it's so relevant for us. It's not different from our time because 
the majority of people weren't worshiping God. A majority of people were worshiping false gods, Asherah and Baal, and today it would be money and possessions, and they, they worshiped something or someone other than God, and, and so God was largely ignored in that culture. But there were a handful of people who decided that they were going to do their best to live their lives to glorify the one true God. And one of those was Abraham. Now before we, we jump in, you need to know this. Uh, Abraham, uh, the name Abraham wasn't always his name. His name was actually Abram. See, God had this, this habit um, that from time to time he would change people's names. He changed Jacob to Israel and Simon to Peter and, and Paul, uh, that his name was Saul to begin with. And God even changed Abraham's wife's name from Sarai to Sarah. See, back then, more than it is now, names really had a lot of meaning. And so God changed Abraham's name uh, when he was, think about this, 99 years old, God changes Abraham's name. And it went from exalted father to father of many even though Abraham had no children. So Abraham became Abram. So we're going to take a look at Genesis, and Genesis is the easiest book in the Bible to find because it's the first book in the Bible. So we're going to be in Genesis chapter 12, beginning in verse 1, and here's, here's what it says. The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. Now, for you and for me, that doesn't seem like all that big of a deal because in our culture, um, everybody leaves home and it happens all the time. You graduate college, you get a job, you get married, you, know, you start your life, you restart your life, you make new friends, and, and most of the time, that's not right next door to mom and dad. Most of the time, it's not even in the, the same city. Many times, it's not even in the same state as mom and dad, and and yeah, we'd like to be closer, and, and yeah, we'd like the grandkids to interact more with grandma and grandpa, but it's really not all that unusual. It's pretty common for, for a lot of us. Well, back then, it was absolutely unusual. See, everyone lived in the same region as their parents. But not only did they live in the same region, they lived in the same city. But not only did they live in the same region and the same city as their parents, they lived in the same neighborhood as their mom and dad. And in many cases, fathers and sons work together. And in some cases, in a lot of cases, mom and dad lived with son or daughter, and their families all lived in one house. So for God to say to Abram, and I want you to listen to this list again as it increases in, in intimacy and importance. Leave your country, the only place you've ever known. Leave your relatives. Leave your family. Leave your home. That was such a big deal. Think about this. Loss of family, loss of friends, loss of job, loss of security. You want to talk about giving everything up. In just one verse, Abram is asked to obey, to move in God's direction, to be brave. And that meant leaving everything. That meant that he had some major consequences up front before he even left. Now, having said that, I want you to notice what God didn't include when he told Abram to leave his country, his people, his father's family, his friends, everything that he had ever known. You know what God didn't include? God never said, 
Abram, here's the destination. He said, go to the land that I will show you. God never gave Abram the destination. God didn't say, here's a map and X marks the spot and not here's uh, you know, the address, turn on your, your GPS and follow the voice instructions and it, it should take you about three days to get there. Here's a picture of where you're going to live and here's the house that you're going to live in and, and the garden that Sarai will attend and here's where you're going to work and these are your new friends and you're going to go to church here and, and serve on guest services or, or Kids Point or you're going to come and set up or tear down or be in a life group. God didn't tell him any of that. And Abram got none of that information that you and I would consider must know. That's information that you and I wouldn't ever think about uprooting our families, uh, uprooting our lives without knowing, right? God simply said, Abram, leave. Leave. Leave it all and make a move. Okay, God, but, but what direction are, am I to go? Move in my direction. Well, God, that's not even really a direction. Can you give me you know, north or south or east or west? I mean, I, I need something here. Abram got none of that. Abram didn't get to know the destination, the itinerary, the outcome of leaving it all. He didn't get to know any of the information that you and I would have to have before we would go. God simply said, go. God simply was asking him to obey and leave the outcome up to him. Now let me put it in our terms, because again, making a move like that is sad, but in the scope of our lives and our culture, you know, we have cell phones and we can buy plane tickets and we can FaceTime, and, and so it's really not a big deal. But what if, what if God asked you to talk to your new neighbors down the street or your new neighbors who moved in next door to you and invite them to City Point? Our response, maybe your response would be, too far out of my comfort zone, there's no way I'm going to do that. Uh, it's just, it's not going to happen. Or, you know what, okay, I'll, I'll do that. I'll obey, but first, I need to have some information, God. God, here's some information I have to have before I'll even go into that conversation. One, are they Christians? Because if they're Christians, there's a higher probability of success in my conversation. Two, are, are, is there any need or brokenness in their lives that I can help with? Can I share a word of hope in their lives? I'm going to need a scripture about that one. But is there anything that I can say? And then third, and this is a biggie one. This is a big one for us. And this is a deal breaker. Will they, are they going to, if I go and invite them, are they going to say yes? Are they going to answer and say yes? Because if they're not going to, I'm not going. So I want to know the outcome before I even go and invite. Or maybe this. A year ago, your boss came to you one day at work and kind of pulled you aside and, and asked you to do something that, that wasn't quite ethical, not quite above board. And now it's a year later and it's been eating at you and maybe you heard a sermon or you've been reading in your Bible about living a life that, that honors God and, and you know you need to make a change. That God is saying, listen, you need to, to move in my direction and you need to get above board here and start being a man or a woman uh, living with in integrity. So you pray and ask God what to do, and God tells you to tell your boss you're not going to do it anymore. But God, they might fire me. She, she might not give me that promotion, which means more money, and, and God's response is move in my direction and leave the outcome up to me. 
or your son or your daughter is living a life that you know is not God's best for them and uh, they're dating someone that is pulling them away from God and they're hanging out with friends who are filling their head with lies and, and you haven't said anything because you don't want to come across as that parent, that judgmental or nagging parent, but now God is pleading with you, pleading with you to get involved, pleading with you to, to say something, but you're worried that they may shut you out, walk away. And the question that you face and, and the question that I face is, when you're asked to move in God's direction, will you trust Him to handle the outcome, to handle the aftermath? Will you obey God and, and leave the outcome, all of it, up to Him? And it's hard, and it's brave. Continuing on in the verse, God makes some promises, promises that I think were, were intended to be a blessing to Abram, to help him out, but I'm not sure they, they came across that way. Uh, verse 2. I will make you into a great nation, meaning I'm going to give you lots of kids because he didn't have any at the time. I will bless you and make you famous, which I kind of like the sound of, and you'll be a blessing to others. Now think about this time. He is 75 years old. Think about starting your family at, 30, at, at 75 years old. That doesn't sound like a blessing, does it? Verse 3. I will bless those who bless you. I'm going to have a lot of friends, have some influence, and curse those who treat you with contempt. To which I think Abram probably put on the brakes and says, God, whoa, 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 time out. Why are people cursing me? Why are, are, are people mad at me? Did I do something? Did they do something? I mean, what, what's going on here? Did I, again, did, why are people cursing me? To which God doesn't even answer and just keeps right on going. All the families on the earth will be blessed through you. And if you're Abram, I, I would say, God, that's great. And I, I don't mean to sound like I, I don't trust you, because I do, but I need to know something. I, I, need you to, to, I need to share this with you. Did you overlook maybe a small, tiny detail? I, I mean, it's not, not really that important, really, but, but I was just wondering, where am I going to go? How am I going to get there? What am I going to eat along the way? What are we going to drink along the way? How will I provide for my family? How will I protect my family? Where are we going to sleep at night? Can I be get back to this curse thing for just one second? Where are my kids going to go to school? What am I going to do for a job? Where are we going to live? What if my boss says this? How is my spouse going to respond? How are they going to react? Did you forget some details, God? Now again, that's what I would say, and maybe that's what you would say as well. But God simply said, leave everything for some unknown destination. Talk to your boss. Share your concerns with your kids. God, are you, are you kidding me? I, I can't, how can I do that? I need to know. I could get fired. I might lose my retirement. My kids might not ever speak to me again. Leave and move in your direction. Be brave. Are you Are you serious? I don't know what will happen. Now again, that's what I would say. And maybe that's what you would say. But watch what Abram, who in his heart had decided that he's going to obey God and leave the outcome up to him. Leave all the details, all the what ifs. Look at what he did. Continuing on in verse 4. And I, and I, I want you to read this whole thing with me here. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed. So Abram left 
as the Lord had told him. And you can read the rest of the story for yourself. It's pretty incredible. But but here's uh, what happens. Abram, at 75 years old, packs up his wife, Sarai, his nephew, Lot, uh, all that he owns, everyone who works for him, and they leave. And they go to where God has told them to go, which is to go. And they travel over 500 miles without knowing where or how long, where they would spend the night, no car, no cell phone, not sure... Uh, where they're going to get their water, where they're going to get their food. Abram left as the Lord had told him. And your question and and my question is is probably the same. Why? Abram, why in the world, when you don't know any of the details, why in the world would you move? Why in the world would you obey? Why in in the world would you obey and invite a neighbor when you don't know what they're going to say, how they're going to react? Why in the world would I leave a a denomination that I grew up in, that I spent the last 10 years in, that I knew I had security in? Why would my friend Jessica leave a a good teaching job, one that she was well adored at and kids loved her and she was reaching kids? And why would she leave to move to a new city with her two boys and and start working for a nonprofit organization uh, to help human trafficking, have to fundraise all of her income and didn't know if people would support her? Why would she do that? Why, after, I, uh, after the first service, somebody came up and said, we're in a season where we've decided to, where I'm going to quit my job and, and stay at home. They've offered me more money to stay, and we're just not sure what to do. Why would somebody do that? Why would somebody plant a church, another church, in Washington, Iowa? Why would they do that? Because they have determined, like Abram, They have decided to trust God and move in his direction, the direction he's asking them to move in. And they had decided to say, I'm obeying God and leaving the outcome up to him. And listen, when people decide to move in God's direction, no matter what, they have put their full trust in the God who can handle anything, whose love for them is so great that he sent his son into the world to pay for our sins. And when God said move, they moved, not knowing the result, not sure what was going to happen, not, not sure how, how things were going to work out, what the specifics were. And yet they moved because obedience is not about moving because you know. It's about determining in your heart that when God says go, tell, serve, share, give, love, move your family, start a business, talk to your neighbor, stand up to your boss, We don't know what's on the other side of that. We don't know how it's going to work out. But it's about moving in God's direction when God has called you to go because we've learned and decided to trust Him. We've decided and understand that our brave is not in the security of those things, but it is in God. That we find our brave, our true brave, in God. So here's the question for you, and, and here's the question for me, for us today. God is asking me to, and you fill in the blank. What is God asking you to do? And I will obey. God is asking me to, and I will obey. And I've determined in my heart, and you've determined in your heart, and, and listen, there's no magic potion, and there's no scripture that we could give that'll make every answer uh, come out the way that you want and no sermon that we could give have you determined, decided that your heavenly father can be trusted with the details 
with the conclusion that you'll obey and leave the outcome up to him. And when you do that, let me tell you, you will never regret it. Because when God says go, he shows up. You want to know what's on the other side of, of your obedience? It's God. Because when God says go, God shows up. And here's the challenge I want us to, before we leave today, God is asking me to. What is it? And have you decided to obey? For some of you, you've been coming for a while and you've been listening, you've been watching online, maybe you've even started to sing a little bit and, and you've started to believe. Come on. Your next move is to say, yes, I believe. I want to follow Jesus. I may not have all the answers, but I want to follow. Some of you, it's baptism. And Tony talked a little bit about that. And there's a meeting with Sam right after the service real quick. Your next move is to be baptized. For some of you, it's to go home and make a phone call and forgive or ask to be forgiven. For some of you, it's to say no to a promotion, yes to a new job. It's to get help for an addiction, to go back to school. For some of you, your next step is starting to serve, to give. Some of you are being asked to give even more. For some of you, it's go. Others of you, your brave is to stay, to stay in that marriage. Ben, it's not working. You don't know what he's like. You don't know what she's like. You don't know what we've been through. You're right, I don't. But has God asked you to stay? Because God, if God has asked you to stay, let him handle the details. You can trust him. And maybe your stay right now is to, to slide your hand over to your husband and your wife, squeeze their hand and let, it, let them know, I'm fighting for this. I'm in it. I'm not going anywhere. Maybe for some of you, it's to stay invested in a friendship that you'd like to bail on because it's just gotten too messy and it's too hard. Keep calling. Keep inviting to lunch. Keep going out for coffee. Whether it's to stay or to go, will you determine in your heart, will you ask God to help you to get to that place where you can make that choice? Because it is a choice that you're going to obey God and leave the outcome up to Him. And then say, God, what move do you want me to make? And then make it. Because imagine what would happen in your family if you obeyed. What would happen in our community if we as a church obeyed? What would happen in our church if we said, here's what God is calling us to do and we're going to obey and we're going to trust that God's going to show up. On the other side of obey, there's God. In the midst of our, our obey, there's God. Imagine what would happen if we determined in our hearts to be obedient to God. Let's pray together. God, this morning, some of us, uh, we are at that point that our, our move is to cross that faith line, to say yes to you, to say, I'm coming and I've listened and I'm starting to believe. I don't have all the answers, but I'm ready to, to make that move in your direction. God, for some of us, it's to stay. It's to stay in a hard marriage, to stay in, in a hard relationship, a messy relationship. 
God, I pray that you would give us the, the brave, that we would find our brave in you, our courage to make that choice to obey you, to listen to where you're calling us to go, and that we would simply obey. That we would make the, the brave, the wise, the courageous choice to say yes to you, to say yes, we trust you. To put our trust, not in what the world tells us, not in the th things that we think will bring us security, but in you, the one that we find our brave. We ask this in your name. Amen.